You're listening to the Fringe Legal Podcast. This is the show for lawyers and law firm leaders. I'm your host, Ab. In each episode, I talk with technologists, key players, and experts to help you navigate the changing landscape that is the legal profession. If you're looking for strategies, learn about trending topics, get updates from the experts, then this is the place for you. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. Today on the show, we have Jackson Liu. Jackson is a recovering lawyer and management consultant. He currently serves as the vice president for markets and growth for Neotologic. I wanted to have Jackson on the show because recently there seems to be an increase in the number of no-code application development platforms being available. And specifically, I found that there is an uptick in adoption by these platforms within law firms. And I wanted to explore why that is. So today we really try and answer two key questions. The first one is to get a basic primer on what is a no-code platform and how they're used for rapid prototyping, for development and so on. And second is to explore specific use cases. And we, we talk we talk through three distinct examples. The first is in how these kinds of tools help to address the more for less challenge faced by law firms. Second is around how law firms and other entities are using these to develop revenue generating solutions. So how actually they're creating new business opportunities. And the last is how some firms are actually using platforms such as Neota to win client RFPs. It was a really fun conversation. I certainly walked away knowing a lot more than I did at the beginning, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, if you did find the episode helpful or enjoyable, please do share it with just one other person that will help us to widen the reach. And without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. This is Ab, and today I am joined by Jackson Liu. Jackson is the Vice President of Markets and Growth for the Americas region at Neotologic. And we have a whole bunch of things to talk about with Jackson, actually. But before we get into that, probably a good starting point would be to learn a bit more about what you do, what your title means, Jackson. Yeah, and I think that's probably a good place to start. How, do you, how did you get there? Yeah, thank you for having me on. Hey, my name is Jackson. You can probably tell from the accent as we move along, I am from Australia. So for the past two, two and a half years, I developed and ran the customer experience team for Neotologic in the Asia-Pacific region. And about six weeks ago, I packed my bags with my wife and moved halfway across the world to New York to join our global head office here. So it was a good time to move, right? From the Australian winter to the New York summer. That was very deliberate. So, <laughs> so two summers in a row is, 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 always, is always good in my books. Perfect. And yeah, sorry, you, you're saying what's your role at the moment in the US then? I basically oversee the go-to-market strategy for Neotologic in the Americas region and slowly also working with the other the other regions on a, on a more global scale as well. Okay. And for anyone who's not too familiar with exactly what Neotologic does, would you mind just giving, and that everyone may include me as well, by the way, would you mind giving just a short summary of what you guys do before we dive into the meat of the matter? Yeah, absolutely. So... Quite simply, Neotologic, we are the creators of the Neotologic system. It's a no-code, click-and-drag, rapid development platform that enables our clients 
to build digital solutions. Those digital solutions typically are around the automation of knowledge, expertise, business processes, operations, workflows, and documents. And what, what kind of, I suppose, what kind of clients do you tend to have? Do you have mostly sort of corporates uh, leveraging this, law firms, or a mix of both or something completely different? Historically, we have been targeting law firms and, and, and law firms across America, so the, the AMLAW 1500s, across Europe, so the Magic Circle in the UK, for example, and also the top tier law firms in, in Australia have been using NEOTA for, for both internal efficiency purposes of so building solutions to address that more for less challenge and also uh, building revenue generating solutions where they can on-sell to, to their clients. In the past two to three years, we've seen more of a, a growth in the corporate sector. So, so corporates, big corporates, financial uh, service institutions, companies like West Farmers in Australia, which is a, a, a large conglomerate who they own a lot of different side businesses, they also are using platforms like Neota to create those internal efficiencies. Along with that, we are also seeing an uptake in, in professional service firms and quite surprisingly, not just in the legal area, but also tax, consulting, advisory, corporate finance, those sort of areas are now using technology like Neota. That's really interesting, actually. And I mean, there's a couple of things you mentioned that's worth going into. So just for my note, so I think I definitely want to sort of touch on, you know, what rapid deployment means and, you know, how, how you do that without any code. But before that, it'll be interesting. What do you mean by, and I can see why sort of law firms would be probably the early adopters of this, because you mentioned that they use it to essentially create efficiencies in, you know, in the expertise of their knowledge. And obviously, law firms have a lot of knowledge workers, as do other organizations as well. So there's no surprise that others are coming on board. But what does that mean? How do you how does the platform or the company and help utilize this expertise and knowledge? And what are the advantages for a law firm or any other business, I guess? Yeah, well, for, for a law firm in, in, in really two different ways. So law firms use platforms like Neota to, to rapidly prototype, rapidly develop solutions. And, and, and one, of the, one of the key benefits about using a, a no-code, click-and-drag, rapid development platform is the fact that you can create an a MVP, a minimum viable product, very, very quickly. So we've, from my experiences in the Asia Pacific region, one of the one of the biggest challenges for law firms that I've seen in building and implementing solutions, whether it's digital or not, is that they want to get everything right. So everything has to be spot on before they 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 actually release and implement the the product more broadly. Mm-hmm. And, and and being a being a recovering lawyer, that that's one of the things that that I also was faced with is is that being a lawyer you want to make sure everything is is spot on everything is correct before you go to market or before you implement it internally but that often means that timelines are stretched there's scope creep in, in in terms of what you had originally planned on doing and what you think you may need to do to improve the product or solution before releasing it. And from that, I've seen timelines get stretched quite a bit. So one of the one of the really key advantages of, of a no-code platform like Neota is the ability for, for law firms or, or any other of our clients 
to rapidly build a MVP, a minimum viable product, being able to get the early adopters to try and, and, and test out the MVP that they had built. And then based on feedback from those early adopters, then iterate the original MVP and build on top of that. And you can do that very, very quickly with a no-code platform. And that, what I've seen, from what I've seen, is, is one of the, the key benefits of, of using a, a no-code click-and-drag platform. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense, right? Because you're really almost teaching the lawyers or whoever's implementing and designing these systems the ways of sort of agile development. So the idea being, as you said, to be able to rapidly deploy and develop a MVP get initial interest on board from your champions or maybe even help create a champion base, which you can then use to iterate enhancements or actually to remove certain functionality that may not be needed as you sort of work towards getting the product out the door, whatever the product might be or the platform out the door. How does that... So are you seeing that there is generally... I'm assuming the way you described it, that there is continuous development in this, right? So as you what you develop on, let's call it day one is going to be very different to what you might end up at day 365 a year later. Are you seeing that this is an ongoing process or are your clients normally putting these platforms in place for a long period of time without too much change after you know they've basically got the initial amount of feedback or is it designed in a way that actually people can keep adding to it and it evolves as the business evolves no definitely so as the business evolves as processes change as even legislation changes so one one of the one of the 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 key benefits of using a, a rapid development platform is that if once you do build a solution and you, you have deployed it, and then you find that maybe a precedent that you've used within the solution needs updating, or maybe there, there, there are bits of expertise or, or knowledge relating to internal process or policy that needs updating, or there's a piece of legislation that has updated. You can actually go into the app in, or solution that you've built on the owner and very quickly make those changes and then redeploy it. And especially coming from a, a legal background, that's very, very useful. And I guess it's also in line with what the, a normal sort of user's expectations might be that's surrounded by, you know, when they're using normal consumer tech, they can easily push update or receive updates. So if you think about an iOS app or Android app, you can update it quite easily. So it's you're sort of almost saying to them, look, this is beneficial for your work, but it's deployed and it can be used in a way that's actually really approachable to you. So you can sort of draw similarities from adjacent processes. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, well, and, and, and also going, going maybe a step beyond that also is, is having the SME, having, having a lawyer who hasn't had that technical background, but who knows how to use a platform like Neota, being able to make those changes very, very quickly. So as he starts to realize that, oh, right, they're, they're that piece of legislation needs updating, the lawyer himself or, or any SME themselves can go into the back end of the solution and be able to update it themselves. And being able to do that as opposed to, you know, making a request through IT or getting a developer in to then change a solution 
that's very powerful and very useful, especially to a in, in a law firm context. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, we, we touched on quite a few things, but I think it sounds like the, the key benefits beyond the rapid deployment, no code and all of those things from a user-centric point of view is you're positioning as something that's going to be easy to deploy, which means that you're sort of reducing a lot of the barriers and burdens in coming up with the implementation plans and processes. It's easy to adopt, it sounds like, because anyone can take ownership of it. And it's quite approachable. Obviously, a lot of this will be decided on how you design the platform, right? But you would hope that it's going to be quite easily approachable and usable from the end user point of view. So I'm hoping that that means that you see quite a lot lot of uptake and from both lawyers and any other knowledge worker. Yeah, and, and we've actually implemented internally resources and, and teams around the development of training materials, training courses to actually allow a degree of self-learning beyond the workshops that, we, that we've run so that someone with a non-technical technical background can come in and be able to use Neotologic and start building apps themselves. So we created an online uh, learning management system which is a series, of, I think there are 12 courses in which anyone who, who comes on board and, and wants to learn the unit can go through and be able to pick up the platform and start building digital solutions. So we, we, we have invested you know, some time and effort into creating that educational framework as well that goes hand in hand with, with our platform. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And I think you know, one of the things that you, I'm sure, will speak to any business and comes to affects most technology solutions is the adoption issue. So I think having some sort of LMS solution, having videos, trainings, workshops, and all of these things actually assist with that. doesn't mean that it's going to be relevant. All of that is going to be relevant to all users, but actually giving them the choice, the options to go and learn in their own time in a structured way, if they, choose, if they wish to, it's there. Yeah, and I was actually quite surprised when I first joined Neota was that the type of person who actually goes through the courses and actually you know takes time to learn how to use Neota, takes time to actually practice and then keep on building on the platform so they don't lose their skill set. And uh, I was very surprised that a lot of these architects are actually lawyers. So they that they are either practicing lawyers or they've transitioned from a legal role to a legal ops role or to a, a knowledge management role. And their uptake of the platform is actually very quick. And once they get that one or two solution up and running and they see some success with those solutions, either internally or with their clients, the enthusiasm is remains there. And as they build more and as we have this term called an app pipeline, as their app pipeline grows, they become a lot more embedded within the platform. And that's really, really good to see. Well, that's really good to hear. And actually, I think that's a good segue. So one of the things you mentioned in the introduction, I guess, was around how some of your clients are using this. And one of the ways you said is actually using it as a way to create revenue generating solutions, right? So they're essentially using it as something that they are positioning to their clients. Are you able to talk a bit more about you know, what that might look like, how that works? Are there particular types of businesses that tend to do that more? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's law firms 
And also what we're seeing a lot of now is, is professional service firms, you know, professional service firms who have a number of different service offerings internally and being able to use, use Neota to complement those service offerings. So what we're seeing a lot of now is our clients building these revenue-generating apps to complement their existing service offering. So I'll give you some examples. And I think this, this also is a good segue into me just talking a little bit about what you can actually do on the platform. So when we talk about no-code, click and drag, a lot of the times people just assume you can only create very, very simple applications. So, you know, those if then type applications. Not really on Neotis. I'll give you an example. We one of the one of the largest law firms in Australia recently built a end-to-end wheel generation app. So it's to to draft based on a number of inputs by a family, through it would draft a wheel. And that particular application includes, for example, an integration with a national online identity verification system, an integration with Outlook so that meetings can be scheduled within the application, a workflow tracking system, an integration with DocuSign, and it can also embed videos. And they built that so that the first iteration of that app was built in in about two weeks. And also it was built by someone with no technical background and someone who was a lawyer. And the capabilities that, that you can use to build these solutions through no code, especially on Yota, actually goes, goes way beyond just very simple, you know, if-then solutions that you can build. You, know, you can do things like in, in Neota now, we, for example, we've invested very heavily on data management capabilities. So, you know, you, you, you can, through no code, through our platform, for example, create and update database structures automatically through an application. You can structure unstructured data without code. You can implement, you know, your own payment gateway, which a lot of law firms find very interesting. So being able to create an application, you know, pointing that application outwards externally so that users can use it. and But users can only use it for a fee. So you can actually create your own payment gateway. So Stripe, for example, through the platform, you can authenticate user access through, through, through the platform. You can connect you know, applications that you build on Neota with third-party platforms very, very quickly. So we work with a, with a, lot, a lot of partners and what law firms like to do is take advantage of other platforms they already have, you know, like, like, like a high queue, maybe like a Kira, those type of platforms and use Neota to build applications that work with and connect with those existing platforms. And we're seeing a lot of use cases being developed that way. Yeah, that's interesting. And what, what I really like about that is this, it's almost so meta because is essentially you have a platform that can help create a platform from a law firm's perspective. And it sounds like, we'll get to potential limitations in a second, but it sounds like essentially as long as you can imagine a use case, you know, in this automated sort of will creation service, for example, it is possible to do that and being able to integrate with these providers certainly helps. And, you know, I think what's really smart about that and something 
I was thinking about quite a lot earlier was having this hierarchy of use because from for most products, you have this hierarchy of use. So the highest level user or maybe the administrator goes down all the way to the end user and you might have several sort of branches from there, but it stays within the organization. Here, you're actually thinking and you're able to add an extra layer by saying, actually, you can expand this to your client and maybe to their clients' clients and so on and so on, expanding this this hierarchy potentially infinitely, uh, although probably much harder to administer in practice. But it, it sounds like that actually helps a lot from a law firm's perspective because it's just another service that can be provided to their clients to make it sticky or as a service that allows them to to get clients and you kind of touched upon it a little bit because you talked about sort of, you know, being able to structure and structure data and so on. But then you talked about Kira and, and Q. So I guess it's one of the limitations compared to like a document review or AI platform like Kira that this although follows a path that you guys are drawing a line in the sand that if you need to go into a very specialized region, like doing document review using AI, then we'll integrate with a provider rather than actually doing it all yourself. Absolutely. You've hit the nail. (laughs) In Australia, we call a straight bang on the head because we don't purport ourselves to, to, to be a machine learning natural language processing engine. We are, we are simply a platform that allows our users to build solutions. And if, if they want to build a solution that incorporates machine learning or they want to build a solution that has data visualization capabilities, they can certainly use existing platforms they have or onboard new platforms. But use Neota as the, the either the reasoning engine, the workflow tool, or simply as a connector. And that is where I think, well, where I see Neota really fitting in into this hierarchy and, and also the, the spectrum of, of platforms or, or tech that any company has. I think it's good because it helps to sort of consolidate that stack overall, right? So you have essentially just a couple of different maybe vendors or providers or so on that are able to then link everything together, which makes it even more powerful and obviously makes good business sense from your perspective as Neota as well. I guess, and the other thing I wanted to segment this into would be, and as you were talking about, you know, building something and automating this knowledge and these procedures and so on, my mind went to sort of, and you touched on it as professional services or maybe even sort of SMEs, right? So small to medium firms, businesses, anything else like that that's dealing with knowledge. To me, and I don't know, it sounds like it would be a no-brainer because actually much like a large firm, they may not have all of the resources available, but using platforms such as this, they can provide essentially a similar type of service. Obviously, you need the knowledge backing for sure, but they can provide the same sort of service as a large firm. So it sort of almost evens the playing field, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and what we're seeing is not, you know, if you're a large professional service firm or you're a large law firm or you're a small to medium-sized organization, what we're seeing is that a lot of our clients are now building internal teams. So small teams who, who knows how to use Neota, but also have that sort of agile background, you know, that BA background, business analyst background. And so what, they, what we're seeing is that that team, their purpose is to work with 
the other departments or, or, or divisions within the, the the company and get the requirements, get the uh, the you know get get the UX designed of the, the solution, and 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 start building. And so what what you have is say you, you have someone from your tax service offering team, and they 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 want to submit, for example, an RFP around a piece of work that you know a, a large organization is offering and what we're seeing now is i find this to be to be fantastic is what we're seeing now is as part of the rfp response that team is going to you know the internal neota team and saying can you rapidly prototype me something in two or three days so i can include that proof of concept that mvp in my rfp offering so instead of going back to the organization, their prospective client, with just these written responses, as everyone does in an RFP response. What we're seeing is that now our clients are including in that RFP response an actual built application or solution. And that actually differentiates themselves so much from all the other RFP responses. And, you know, the feedback that we'd be getting from our clients who's, who's been doing this is that they're winning the work because they are actually providing something concrete and usable as part of their response. And that's been fantastic for, for myself and, and for Neota to see because mm. that is the purpose the rapid development platform, being yeah. able to create something very quickly. And that's huge, right? Because frankly, no one likes receiving or filling out RFPs. And I'm sure the, the, the firms are actually sending out RFPs. I'm sure they don't want to spend days and weeks actually reviewing all of them. So that's a huge point of differentiation to actually say, not only does this meet our requirements, but we can actually see what this looks like, what it, what it might be like in practice, Yeah, you know, given that it is an MVP and it's probably just a proof of concept. But you know, if I were to receive three different RFPs and one of them actually includes a completed product to spec, even though it's limited spec, I would definitely be leaning more heavily towards that, you know, with all, all else being equal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and actually, what the, the other trend that we're seeing with professional service firms and law firms is that they would build a solution or, or a product for a particular client and then realize wait, we can actually market this, this product or this application more broadly. So through the no-code platform, they're able to customize it very, very, very quickly for other clients. Mm-hmm. And so from, from a solution which was built just for a particular client to suit you know, their operational environment, their legal requirements, they can very quickly utilize that initial product they use as, a, as almost like a template and then customize it for the next client. And so that involves very, very little work yeah. for them to, to be able to change what they initially built to suit a different client. And that's huge too. And I, and I know that in my research that you that the Neota team is still releasing or has released some templates as well to assist with that. So I think all of those things will definitely help because there's no reason to start from scratch each time. So I think, you know, especially if you're providing efficiency focused tool, then it should have efficiencies built into actually the creation process for sure. hundred percent. And, and, and templates, I think, is going to be a game changer for our clients mm. and, and, and also how people see Neota because, you know, previously to templates, when you open up, the, what we call the Neotologic Studio for you to be able to create applications. It's like a blank page 
that you that you would open up. And what a lot of clients or a lot of authors might might decide to do is reuse another application that they built, but then they need to go in and then familiarize themselves with that particular mm. solution, be able to know what needs to be changed. So what we have done, as, as you've said, is introduce this concept of templates. So, you know, a range of different applications, which are not totally built out, but has functionality to it. So that if you want to build, for example, a DocuSign application, or you want to build something that has user authentication, or you want to build something that has a, a what we call a, a document mind viewer, so you're able to view a, a completed or drafted document within mm-hmm. the application, you don't have to build that from scratch. You can download the template and application and simply insert it into your app so that you can either build on top of the template application, you can use two or more templates jointing together to make a, a bigger end-to-end solution. And I, I think that's that's really, really powerful. It's going to be a game changer. Yeah. And I think, again, you know, you're sort of giving people these sort of building blocks, much like in, in coding, you might have functions you can incorporate in different use cases. Here, you're having these building blocks that are really quite transferable and agile so they can be used in multiple instances. Absolutely. You know, it's very much like building a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. You can either start from scratch or PowerPoint gives you all these templates to choose from. Awesome. And then I suppose like following that hierarchy of views I mentioned earlier, I know one of the things that that the company and that Neota is focusing on is not just working with law firms, corporates, and so on, but also following all the, all the way down to universities and colleges, right? So I think you guys do some work with Cornell, with Georgetown and Melbourne University as well. What is that? Is that to help sort of essentially prepare these students for professional life to sort of give them more relevant skills, so to speak, beyond just the intellectual? Or is there something else that, that you do with them? Yeah, I mean, we have a very strong focus on uh, access to justice and education and really preparing current legal students for, you know, that, that lawyer of the future concept. You know, it's not just about legal work. It's about, you know, the client interaction, you know, the requirements gathering, the, the technology, things like that. So what we, what we have done for a number of years now is actually collaborate with a number of different universities around the world, so not just in the US, in Europe, and also in Australia, to actually present courses in which students learn how to create software applications on Neota. And the students throughout a, a semester as part of their, you know, there could be their JD, it could be their, their master's, it could be an undergrad. Throughout the course of semester, they actually get taught how to use Neotologic to build a solution. The students are actually divided into groups and partnered up with a non-for-profit organization. And throughout the course of the semester, they would interact with that non-for-profit organization. That non-for-profit would essentially be a client. They would go through a consulting process, a requirements gathering process, a design process to actually gather everything they need to be able to build a actual solution at the end of the semester. Their solution is graded just like any other elective or unit. At the end of every semester, there is this very big competition. It's it's not really a a serious competition. It's a a very, you know, people have a lot of fun in in that. And and the students in their groups present their solution to a panel of judges and all the non-for-profits are there, their family and friends are there. It's all live streamed. 
and we have a you know a, a really good time. What I really like about that is that every year for the past six years or so, there has been you know hundreds of law graduates all around the world who are not only legally proficient, coming from um, very good law schools, but they've also had experience in consulting with the client, in gathering requirements, in, in getting UX designs outright, and also knowing how to use a legal tech platform like Neotologic. So we you know in, in America, we work with schools like Georgetown, Cornell, Thompson Rivers in Canada, in Australia, Melbourne University, University of Technology, Sydney, and in Europe, you know, University of Manchester, University of Limerick. So it's great. And it's great to see. And and what we're what we're slowly starting to see now, Abe, is is this ecosystem. Mm. And this is something I'm I'm very passionate about. And and not just from a, a commercial perspective from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now is this ecosystem of, of really four points where we have the corporate, the law firms, the law schools, and also the non-for-profits. And they're all connected by Neotologic because they all, so the, the, the corporates, for example, would, would use Neotologic. Law firms also would use Neotologic. And the law schools and the law students now actually know how to use them. So what we're seeing all around the world is the fact that law students are being recruited by law firms and corporates who are who actually are using Neota on the basis of their Neota skills. And that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So you talk about creating an ecosystem, the lawyer of the future, you're actually seeing that in reality now. And and, and that's I'm I'm very proud to, you know, to work for an organization who's actually, you know, being involved in something like that. Yeah, and I think it's it's a really important initiative. And you know, I'll be honest; I can see the the commercial benefits for you guys as a company. But putting that aside, because you need to have those anyway, it's such a great thing to do. Because as a student, and I mean, you you said you were a lawyer. What you learn in law school is helpful in a lot of ways. But one of the things I don't think it does is prepares you for client interactions as well as it should. And, you know, full disclosure, I went to law school a long time ago, so things may have changed now. But I think generally with most, you know, there's a difference between education and practice. And when I was in law school, one of the things that I did as a pro bono thing gave me immense amount of exposure to conferencing skills, to being able to speak to clients who were distressed and things like that. And that had way more impact in me being able to deal with clients later down the line than anything that you can learn in a sort of mock class in law school. So actually getting people to work through the entire process and help a nonprofit out in the midst of it, I think is such a good way of doing that. And I think technology there is actually just a nice easy way to give something, some sort of a common foothold there. And I think absolutely, why not just equip people with technologies that will become commonplace later in the future, right? Whether it's, and just because they learn one platform, it also exposes them to thinking through how to solve a problem using technology rather than always sort of focusing on, you know, doing it the way they know, right? You're kind of exposing them to the unknown. So it becomes a bit more conscious activity for them for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
And just on that, the non-for-profit part, you know, the solutions that these students are building every semester, we actually give the non-for-profits a, a license to be able to, to use that solution going forward. And that's fantastic too. Yeah, for sure. The stuff that the students are building are actually being used once the semester ends or once the course ends. Mm. Okay, I'm conscious of your time. So one last thing I just wanted to touch on briefly as you have quite quite an interesting background. So obviously you spend a lot of time in Australia and now you're in, in New York where you look after the Americas. Are, are there any sort of obvious differences that you've noticed in the six weeks you've been in the US between how sort of firms in the US work and or the Americas? Is actually than in Asia Pacific, or is it in terms of the actual use case that they're pretty much the same? No, the, well, the biggest point of difference that I've seen is is this concept of, of legal ops teams. Mm. And in Australia, you can probably count on one hand the amount of organisations that has a separate legal ops team to the legal counsel team. Whereas here in the Americas, what I've seen is a lot of the organisations, almost all would have a legal ops team and being led by by a general counsel or someone who was separate or sits separate to the actual legal team. And that's fantastic because they would have the time, the knowledge, the expertise to actually go and look at different platforms, look at different you know innovations that are out there that they can bring in to their organization and being able to build those out and implement it. And what, what I'm saying as well is most of these legal ops teams, the people that make up of those teams are extraordinary. They're, they're almost like a consulting team in, in themselves. They've got, you know, people who are, who are lawyers, people who are, you know, BA business analysts. They've got very technical people as well. And that's what I think you need to be able to really bring value into your organization through technology or other things. And that is one of the, the, the biggest changes I've seen. And I think it's it's something that, that Australia is actually currently working towards, but that they, they need to make that step and, 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 and make sure that, you know, most organizations are actually going in that direction. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting point because I agree with you. I think there is a rise in legal ops generally across the world. And I think I, I tend to see it more in the US and than other places too. But I think what, and it kind of makes sense, right? As law firms and other businesses are focusing on the operational efficiencies, it makes sense to have a specific team looking after that. But what, what I, I think would correlate that with is you're also seeing, as you said, there's a huge diversity in people and that are part of these teams based on their sort of background. So, you know, BAs and knowledge people, lawyers and so on. But I'm also starting to see a lot more, let's call it interesting roles, which are more specialized and are sort of actually combining multiple disciplines together. So I think I met someone the other day or saw someone on LinkedIn who's Post was a knowledge engineer, and I think they would probably do something similar to what you were describing. You know that that Neota does because it it does sort of focus on how do you actually harness the knowledge and utilize all of that and in, increase efficiency in a way that an engineer should be thinking and designing systems and so on. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know the makeup of those teams. You know, there's there's obviously been a lot of thought put into these organizations and in the general counsel of these these legal ops teams as to you know who should be in that team 
and what, you know, specialty skills or knowledge they would bring to a team like that. And it's, it's been fantastic to see that in real life here in America. Yeah. No, for sure. Awesome. Well, it's been a blast and I can probably talk about this all day. We shan't bore everyone else to keep them for three, four hours. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for all of that. So as a recap, sort of we covered so much actually today. We talked a lot about sort of rapid deployment and agile app delivery. Do you, I suppose the, the benefits of that from a law firm's perspective, how do you add value that sort of the hierarchy of use cases to your clients by actually utilizing, providing solutions they can use and then also a lot more around sort of, you know, how can businesses generally get involved in not-for-profits? How you how can you actually educate the lawyers of tomorrow, to use that sort of very overused term, actually giving them the tools, technologies whilst they're studying, but also the practical guidance in how do you actually utilize that with clients one day when you go into the real world and start practicing law or whatever else you end up doing um, after after university. And yeah, thank you so much. It's been, it's been a blast. If people want to find out more about you, about what Neota does, what's the best place? www.neotologic.com. <laughs> We've got a revised website and it's, it's beginning. I've, I've been getting some good feedback on that. And they can also feel free to contact me. My LinkedIn details are, are searchable. Just search for my name and, and you'll be able to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Jackson. Uh, I'll link up to both the website and your LinkedIn uh, when this goes live. Thank you, Abe. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. Before you go, I have a huge favor to ask you. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It'll take less than a minute and really helps others find the podcast. Meanwhile, you can find the show notes and resources from the episode on our website at podcast.fringelegal.com. That's podcast.fringelegal.com. See you next time.